0: Investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions Podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends, and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Rewarding Property Decisions Podcast. So, it's a very happy new year. We're back for 2023. And uh, we're very fortunate today to start off the new year with a bit of a bang, and I'm joined once again by none other than Richard Wakeland. Welcome, Richard. Thank you, Jared. It's nice to be here. Um, So how's
1: your festive season been? Have you had a good holiday? It's been very, very good. And um, you know being able to catch up on a whole number of things on the home front, um, it uh, yeah no it's been it's been good, very good. So as we you and I speak quite
0: regularly about this, but a lot of people at this time of year are uh, coming back from holidays they've uh, particularly locally they've been down to the peninsulas, both Bellarine and Mornington, or perhaps even done the tree change type scenario and headed up to Bright or Dalesford things like that. And we do quite regularly get phone calls and inquiries from clients, don't we, that um, have been in some of those destinations and then come back and consider whether or not they should purchase a holiday home there. Um, So, although it it can be some of the quietest times for the real estate market, perhaps in metropolitan Melbourne, in some of these areas it can be the biggest times, the busiest times, I should say, of the year.
1: Yeah, and, you know, there can often be a fantastic barometer for predicting what the trends might be for the year ahead. Yep. And 2023 um, is particularly interesting, um, given that we've come out of COVID uh, and, um, you know, people may be feeling the pinch at the moment with um, interest rate rises. Yep. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see what this year holds. Um, you know, we, we come across this situation a number of times that, so, you know, the experience of a great uh, holiday can often be a very tempting reason to buy it can. a holiday home um, in the location that you've, um, you know, had a great time in. And it's it's very easy to um, fall, fall into in. the trap yeah, of making a very quick decision. Absolutely.
0: And so I thought that's what we could talk about today is, for, for people are, who have come back from the holiday and are thinking about that, and, and there's obviously a, a series of considerations that you would take into account. So I thought, given that we talk about these quite regularly, it'd be a good thing to discuss um, with the listeners and to give a bit of an idea as to some of the considerations and things that they should perhaps talk about with friends, family or advisors as to whether or not it's the right thing for them to do.
1: Look, this is very much um, uh, having a sound mind around whether it's an economic decision or an emotional decision. Yeah. Um, And there are so many different variables associated with a second home. Yeah. Um, And a second home can be, you know, a future permanent home. It can be a home and investment. Um, And, you know, it can be many, many different things. But what, what I typically see is that people who try to marry... Uh, lifestyle, with um, what they think might be an investment, can often be fraught with um, uh, difficulties. Yeah,
0: and it's I mean it, it can be it doesn't fit either either purpose, does it? So yes. We have that discussion quite regularly with investors about. Um, well who say perhaps we want to use it as a town base or we are in regional Victoria and a child's going to be going to university so we might want to buy an investment property but it needs to be in this location and it needs to have this and it needs to have that because our son or daughter is going to use it and all of a sudden it starts to blur the lines and so I guess that can happen with the um, with the lifestyle holiday home type purchase as well so I think one of the questions that people probably need to ask first and foremost is, what's the purpose? So why am I doing this? Am I doing it to have a permanent holiday home that we want to be able to use whenever we want or us or family and friends? Mm. Um, perhaps you might be considering doing using it as a partial Airbnb or you might be uh, and then using it yourself. But as we know, if people tend to go down that path, you've got to keep in mind that most of the time when the Airbnb is going to be at its peak, is when you're also going to want to use the property yourself.
1: Yeah, I you know and that that certainly is an issue, isn't it? At the time of the year where, you know, you most want to be able to use that property because family friends are on holiday mm. as you say you can't.
0: Yeah. Because, um, it,
1: because that's when you're going to right. get the best premium that, that's, from an Airbnb. That's yeah. right. And I guess the other side, I mean,
0: some people also consider whether or not they'll keep it as a, as a purely investment property for a period of time and then perhaps use it as a, like you suggested before, a, a retirement home or perhaps a holiday home down the track. But I guess as we've seen in the last three years, things can change pretty quickly and pretty drastically. And if even though the intention down the track might be to do this, and I will, but we'll have a good investment property is it really a good investment property? Is that really what you would buy if you were purely buying an investment property, what you've purchased as that? And that's where that, those lines start to get blurred.
1: And, you know, particularly when you look at the commercial realities around running a holiday home and as, as, yeah. as an investment property, the running costs associated with um, holding a holiday home are considerably higher than uh, a normal passive Uh, Type investment. Particularly when it's that short term rental. Yeah, yeah, because Uh, the the management
0: on those can be as much as 15, 20, 25% of the rental because there's a lot more hands on requirement from the property manager.
1: And they're often, you know, vacancy, long vacancy periods of time. Yeah. Um, The other factors to consider is that you need to furnish the property. If you're going to be buying a property, you need to furnish it, you need to have a manager, um, and you really need to keep a very careful eye on the property rather than just leaving it. Um, to a managing agent, and you may be, you know, a long way away from being able to check on the property.
0: Particularly with the way things go these days, with Google reviews and things. If and if it's on a short-term rental, and perhaps yeah. it's not getting cleaned well after each use, and all of a sudden yeah. you start getting these reviews saying, "Oh, the property was dirty. It was this. It was that." If you're not getting down there to see it at all, and there's a reliance on someone else to do that, that can lead to poor reviews poor vacancy, and all of a sudden, your property's not serving the purpose again that it was intended to.
1: I I, um, I had an experience recently where I um, uh, rented a property, and I found, um, sadly, and it was a fairly new property, I found a number of pieces of equipment weren't working. Mm. You know, simple, simple stuff like the dryer, the washing machine. Yep. And from time to time, the hot water service didn't work. Yeah. Now, people who are renting a property as a holiday home expect Mm. um, that everything's going to be in working order, but not everyone is going to be readily available to come in and fix something that's broken down Um, from a labour point of view, finding suitable labour, maybe, you know, replacement of um, parts to do with equipment. So that can be um, sometimes a very frustrating, yep. irritating part of that, form, that form of yeah. ownership.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, I guess the other other side of it too is that, and probably the, the pandemic period has probably flown in the face of this a little bit, but it's starting to be a bit more of an occurrence now. Lifestyle homes can be very much can be the probably the most vulnerable market too can't they in a downturn
1: they they're very much um, they're very much the discretionary side yeah. of uh, determining whether someone's going to be buying a holiday home or not and as i said earlier it's really getting a good handle on whether it's an economic decision or an emotional decision
0: and if it's purely economic it's probably not the site, the type of property or the location that you're going to purchase in because of the inconsistencies that that market can have.
1: Absolutely. Um, And uh, that market can be actually quite volatile. Um, And at the moment, um, we're seeing a correction in property values in regional areas. Now, not all properties are experiencing uh, a correction in in property values. Um, because there are particular properties that have unique, utterly unique characteristics through um, being elevated that then means great views. Um, Some of the coastal properties have um, beach access. Um, So some of these properties can be utterly unique. But um, trying trying to find a property that fits that description Um, they're they're often uh, few and far between.
0: You you talk about the fluctuations I've seen this week in the media that, um, and again, it's not necessarily an example of what we're talking about, but Byron Bay is a classic. So during the pandemic, I think it's soared close to 60% increase in median house price up in that part of the world. But last year, it's come back now Nearly 25%. So, you talk about volatility. That's a pretty, pretty good example. Now, yeah. if you'd purchased at the very start, you're probably still well and truly ahead, which is yeah. great. But not everyone does that, and the volatility there is is pretty significant. Yeah.
1: So what what we have to do is get back to consistency, and understanding whether it, whether it's um, a, a better decision to place investment funds, if we're talking investment and we're talking about buying a holiday home thinking that a holiday home is an investment, yeah. we really need to look at the patterns of long-term ownership and it's all about long term. Uh, and at the end of the day, as you and I know Jared, property can be a very expensive asset to get in and out of. Yeah. So getting getting the right asset selection um, is crucially important.
0: Yeah. And if you're going down, and come, I guess coming back to that, what's the purpose of this purchase? If it's going down the economic path, it's is it going to meet those key criteria to drive the growth that you would want? So does this property have a strong underlying land value? Does it have scarcity value to it? Does it have that multi multifaceted demand element that we always want? And you're, you're far less likely to get those sorts of things. You, the, the scarcity value, as you mentioned before, can absolutely be there with bayside or, sorry, um, tree change or, or beachside properties. But the multifaceted demand is a lot harder to come by mm. in those sorts of areas. Mm. Um, and the underlying land value can be very strong, but it can disappear pretty quickly, particularly in certain areas. Um, towns where, uh, particularly say down on the the Ballerine and the surf coast at the moment, Mm. with the amount of construction and the amount of demand, sorry, the amount of supply that's down there, the demands have been very strong with the, the pandemic and people wanting to get out of Melbourne, but that's only going to be for so long. Yeah, abs- ab- absolutely. So I guess so. If, I guess that's the key part. If it's if it's a lifestyle decision, then you need to focus on certain elements, and we'll probably go through those in a minute. Um, but if it's an investment side of things, it's probably there's probably better alternatives than to focus on that for the reasons that we've just discussed, and the fact that there is a degree of vulnerability with a um, a, a beachside or a tree change type property because if there are any financial stresses within the family that. Um, that property is likely to be the first one to go. And if, that's, if those financial stresses are in place because of um, domestic or national um, economic struggles, like we're perhaps in at the moment where things are slowing up a little bit, you're far less likely to have much demand when you do come to need mm. to sell that property. Mm. So that's why the values can come back. Mm. So that that's from an economic perspective. So if, if, but if it is purely people are have made this, this journey down over the break and they are considering it more from a lifestyle perspective, um, I guess there's a number of considerations to then take into account as well. So how often are you really likely to use this property? Is this just because you've enjoyed a really fantastic family time for two weeks, one week, two weeks, how long have you been down there? But are you going to get the use out of it over a full 12-month period to justify the investment that it's going to have? Um, So there's a lot of things that people can do to check that. I know know people who plenty of times who have, and in the end, they've actually continued down this path. But instead of purchasing, they've taken out a 12-month lease in that location Mm. and furnished the property themselves. And yes, that's a bit of a hassle for something that perhaps you may not use but leased it for 12 months to see whether or not they like it. And what they've also then done is not just stayed in the one town. They've tried different towns over a three-, four-, five-year period. They've actually done it with some friends as well, so perhaps two families, so that it, again, holds the costs back a little bit. But it can then help to determine, well, A, are we using the property? B, do we like the location that we're in? And does it have enough accommodation that we're after? What are we going to require if we do get on this path? So I can start to answer a lot of questions for you. Mm.
1: And, you know, one of the things that jumps to mind and one of the complications about holiday homes that I've found uh, in talking to people is often they will go into joint ownership um, with someone else. And that jo- joint ownership can create its own problems yeah. in terms of who gets... The use of the property at particular Indeed. times of the year, yep. um, and uh, also, you know, people's lives change over the passage of time, and and you know, one one part of the ownership needs to. Get out of the uh, get out of the property, and how's that going to be worked out in terms of, you know, being paid out or bought out? Yep. So um, that's also got to be taken into account.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's there's an, all of those sorts of things if you do yeah. go down that
1: path. And I think also um, what people tend to forget is the, the maintenance side yep. of running a property. It's not just the internal um, aspects of um keeping equipment uh working and furnishing it well but there's also the external side yes you know who's going to look after the upkeep of the property on the outside because it can particularly if you are in a sea um change type
0: area they they can weather very quickly especially timbers and things like that absolutely Yeah. yeah um so if people did do go down this path though and they've yep we've committed to this and they decide to buy it, but also perhaps go down the Airbnb path. So we spoke a bit about this before. What are some of the pluses and minuses that you've heard about there in terms of um, the, the rental side of things? As we said, there's, it can be quite expensive, can't it?
1: Well, um, some of the things that come to mind are firstly wear and tear. Yep. Um, very, very um, transitory population. Um, I mean if i if I think of a particular situation I was talking to a client about with a unit in a holiday home type location so this is a unit within a complex of uh, six or ten. Um, some of the um, some some of the owners or occupants of that particular building um, were complaining about um, noise and you know people coming and going all the time and the owners, the long-term resident owners, not being able to enjoy, um, you know, the peace and quiet um, yeah. that is, is part of owning, owning a property. Yeah. Um, so um, it's that aspect of it. It's the inconsistency of rental income. Personally, I would prefer... Um, a 12-month uh, lease situation rather what
0: than... A vacant property, too, uh, so yeah, you don't have to maintain electrical equipment, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And rather than, you know, taking a punt that you're going to get a premium uh, figure um, for, for in-season holiday time, Yeah, um, I would rather the consistency of uh, income yeah. and uh, be prepared to go down that path than, yeah. the, uh, than the uncertainty aspect.
0: And I think the thing that people need to be mindful of too is that there's been a um, – because there'd be a lot of people listening to this saying, well, our property that we've owned for five years that we purchased in Rosebud or that we purchased in Anglesey or Ocean Grove, or wherever it might be, um, has gone through the roof. And we've, we've, ac- we've built up huge amounts of equity. It's done great as an investment property. Bear in mind that the pandemic is not going to, well, let's hope it's not um, repeated and replicated anytime soon because none of us have enjoyed it. But um, it's not necessarily, you're not necessarily likely to see that spike. And that's where we spoke before about the inconsistencies. And I know you've said this a lot that you can find with a lot of these areas that they can have significant spikes in terms of value and have a really good increase, but then they can plateau and they can do nothing for five, six, even 10 years and you can see no growth.
1: Yes, exactly, and um, if we look at the history of property prices over the passage of time in major capital cities, particularly on the eastern seaboard of Australia, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, um, we can see, if you study study it carefully, um, you can see that there's a greater consistency rather than um, the second home uh, market, whether it's in the bush or whether it's coastal property, um uh, so I mean for my money, I'd rather have that consistency of tenure yeah. um, rather than the ups and downs. But having said that, um, you know what we're seeing in this day and age is um, uh, becoming um, becoming something of a norm that people are uh, thinking about owning a second home mm. um, or they have second homes. and that the emergency emergence of buyers coming into that, second home time market actually helps to underpin um, some of the price, future price growth and stability in the market. But having said that, I don't see that that's a strong enough factor at the moment to underpin the sort of growth that we can get out of major capital cities.
0: Yeah, and as you, that's more based on a lifestyle decision too, to have that second yeah. home because that's, that's what, what the um, owner feels like they need. Yeah.
1: yeah um, you know, and it really just comes back to discretionary uh, financial resources. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. To um, to make it a comfortable decision um, that you can actually afford to own the pro- own the property without um, without having too many you know worries. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's about it for today. I think. Thank you very much for joining me, Richard. Thank you. Pleasure as always. Thank um, you. Just a heads up for everyone, Richard's going to um, join me a few times this year on the podcast and we're uh, developing a new segment at the moment. So if you stay tuned, we'll uh, have some interesting content um, throughout 2023. Um, But otherwise, thanks very much for joining us for episode 45. Um, Feel free as always to share the podcast far and wide and like it and share it with friends. It's always appreciated and helps us to, um, to develop things further. Um, And obviously if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website wakeland.com.au and otherwise we wish you all the best with your property decisions.